Hi, this is Mary H.K. Choi, and you're listening to Hey Cool Life, a micropod about mental health and creativity. It is February 21st, 2019, and this is episode 46. Um, <clears throat> or it's 47, I actually don't remember. <laughs> um, but it is definitely February 21st. I wanted to talk a little bit about something that's been on my mind or something that came up for me this morning as I was sort of journaling about self-perception and self-image and how that had changed. And, you know, it's kind of amazing because I was thinking about Karl Lagerfeld, who died, and, you know, I've been reading so many you know, it's like the classic social media thing where people get the most um, obscure image and like, you know, eulogize and sort of lionize the person for being deceased and far be it for me to, you know, exhume him just to shit talk him. But, you know, Karl Lagerfeld, who, if you don't know, was the designer at Chanel. He revived Fendi back in the um, saddlebag days um, in the 90s. And he, as far as fashion goes, is an icon and a very important figure to know. And his contribution is palpable and and fairly singular, depending on... um, what's important to you and what aesthetic is important to you but he's also like a huge xenophobe who hated fat people and you know was like incredibly vocal and it's it's interesting to see how people I know in Europe is like wow like America is really feeling this guy I mean this guy was like one of the most vocal racists in all of Europe and and um again I'm not here just to fashion but the reason why I bring it up and tie it back to sort of self-image is that I really 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 admired him for a really long time in my teens and in my 20s and there was a documentary on him that I watched later which also you know you would think when you're older that it would just like cast a different light but actually did nothing more than to like buttress and support and um strengthen my admiration for this person which will give you an idea of how far in my disease I was um and like my self-importance and all that stuff and I've always had kind of a fraught relationship with fashion because it's what I studied for a long time and it's what I loved it's like that first hobby that you find as a child where you have this like moment of recognition and awe and you're just like I really want to close the gap on what I don't know about this and what I'm feeling right now and so it's what I studied and there's this part in this documentary there's so many parts that that's stuck out to me <clears throat> and it's interesting because one of them is this like visual that I have of him going through his like palatial house and there's like a fruit basket sized bowl and it's just filled with iPods <laughs> and I remember at the time being like that's what I want like that um, will not only give you an idea of when this was exactly but also like I was just like I want so much stuff that like I have a fruit dish filled with iPods. Um, 
but he said something in the documentary about how he views his relationship with other people and he basically likened it to a sword of Damocles hanging over his relationship with another person where there was always a tension this sort of mutual understanding and not like a detente like you know in mutually assured destruction but kind of where you know you have this like tension and understanding that you could destroy each other but also that you could always help each other and it would be transactive and very quid pro quo um but that that it was always there you know this like underlying current of like incentive that everyone understands um of like what you could do for each other and that made a lot of sense to me as someone who really prided themselves on self-sufficiency and you know I really wanted as an adult and I call it like my crayon self because it's something I made up when I was a small child and felt clearly very powerless and lacking agency but like my crayon adult was self-sufficient a little cold a little feared beautiful obvi um and difficult to know and i really thought that kind having this kind of relationship with everybody where there is that tension where there is this like mutually assured destruction and mutually assured help where you could help each other in equal measure where it's like my help is like huge and important but so is your help because you are also huge and important or whatever that we're like equal in status and you know like and all that really did was made me really isolate with my eating disorder and my addictions and it made me really really lonely and it made me feel like a complete alien from everyone else like i thought i was like fundamentally different and i would never ever feel you know like kinship or like collegial warmth or like mutual reassurance or just understood or known or received and loved and affirmed and like all of these things that are only now just becoming available to me and yeah like it was such a it was such like a self gaslight because you know when i looked up in my 30s and realized that i had i had not been invited to like any weddings um which is interesting because that's like such a good uh litmus test for like who feels that they really know you like who feels as though um you are in their inner sanctum and vice versa and I, this isn't bitterness if you're listening and you didn't invite me to your wedding it was just like a really interesting tell and also you know like i didn't really f- i had friends and long-term friends but i didn't really feel as though they understood me or i felt like my understanding of them was very much a one-way street and so that was also a really interesting tell too um but it, you know and same thing with Karl Lagerfeld like he is the one who gave us the Karl Lagerfeld diet he lost a ton of weight and he wrote this book and one of the tenets that i remember was that like smoking a cigarette burns seven calories or something um he basically stopped eating and just smoked his face off and like maybe would have like a piece of chocolate every now and then or something um but Yeah, like it's so interesting to me to look at the way he's memorialized, look at the way that I 
you know, fantasized about his life and then just really sort of look at like all this bitterness and judgment and, and like, um, like cruelty and alienation that this person spouted. And I am not the one to say that like he was happy or unhappy. I don't know. But I admired these qualities in him and I really, really tried to put them on myself and I was really, really unhappy. And so there's all these things that I thought would be great when you're an adult where that like you're ambitious, people fear you, there's always a distance, they feel like they can't know you, which is really great because then you're the one controlling what people know of you and what they don't know of you. So you're also controlling like what you're meeting out in terms of intimacy, which is not intimacy but it's also like you're never relying on anyone when you need them and you're never being relied on when they need you because that level has not been forged um and those things are really tiny things they're not like an iou they're they're not like anything that a sword should hang over like it's not this like glint in my eye mirrored by a glint in your eye as we like you know lock horns over like i don't know a game of risk or a poker table it's like human beings aren't like that and there are just like so many little tiny ways that we rely on each other that really just like strengthen a bond that needs strengthening and like strengthens a trust that has so many little intricate pieces that you can't even begin to parse let alone have like an IOU for each one um yeah and so that's kind of what I was thinking in terms of like how my idea of myself is evolving and how I have to like really like it's so dumb that something like Karl Lagerfeld dying and people deciding to memorialize him in some way really just like makes me sit and think about and compare my self-image now to what I thought I wanted it to be and what ultimately made me happy and how different those things are and I really have to be mindful of that so that I don't slip back into like you know, like crayon OS and crayon paradigms because that learning and that like lizard brain is like so much more um, ingrained and sort of calcified and um, petrified within me because those things arose out of a desperate need when I was a child. Um, The other thing too, like, because Carl really just reminds me of eating disorders, um, is that The one thing that I think really defines, and I've talked about this in the past, but it's something I wanted to bring up again and just sort of like underline and italicize, is that the quickest, not quickest, but for me the most like um, damning, I guess, and like most visceral diagnostic tool I had in terms of like figuring out that I had an eating disorder Um, and the reason why that's important is that I was bulimic for a really really long time but then I'd stopped um, throwing up for a really long time and I thought I was cured but I hadn't been um, because I was doing a lot of other things compensatory behaviors for that and so the like the most like visceral diagnostic tool I will share in terms of knowing whether or not you have an eating disorder is that if you believe that when you're thinner 
your problems will be altered, then you have an eating disorder because that is definite that belief is definitely showing up either in your food or your behaviors around food or your exercising or something else or just that the constant running math of trying to get thinner because that's like the only thing you know to do to like combat issues and like the intolerable difficulties and like of being a person in the world Like, if you think your weight is the remote control for your life, you have an eating disorder. If you think that your weight going down will will fundamentally alter the way people around you will behave, the likelihood is that you have disordered thinking around food and food behaviors. Um, I know that this is really jarring, and if it's triggering, um, like, yeah, I'm probably going to put a trigger warning on this, um, just to do that, but that was, like, a really important thing for me to know and apply to myself and apply to all the versions of myself that I had, um, and so it is something that I wanted to share. I'm sorry if it's not gentle. Um, but yeah, this, these are my thoughts and yeah, thank you for listening.